People could be a part of the ministries here at our church. Appreciate Brother John and Stacy working so hard, helping them get a good foundation as they prepare to go out into a world that's going to be quite scarier than the ones you and I grew up in. And uh, I pray they'll go make an impact on it. Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Where are we going to? Romans chapter 5. Very good. You remembered somebody was paying attention, Brother Barry. I heard you there. Romans chapter 5. Amen. We were there this morning. Going to be there again tonight. And uh, tonight, we're just going to take a little while uh, and walk through a few things that, um, uh, that we did not hit on this morning. Not necessarily going to preach at you. Uh, Lord bless this morning. What a blessing it was to be in his house. Just a great spirit today. And I was adding up our, our numbers of how many folks that we had to join with us this morning. I, I think we set a personal record. If you add all of the kids together uh, that we had this morning between the three families, I think that was 14. Amen. And what a blessing that is to see God work and God building his church here at Central. And what a blessing it was to have baptisms and the welcome mom and dad on board, on board here with us. At, I guess we're bored sometimes here, uh, but on board here at Central and looking forward to a good, good time serving the Lord with them. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, let's stand together as we pick up in verse 1. I'm going to read five verses, and I'm going to share four things with you, all right? Five verses and four things that I believe the Lord have us to look into. We looked at the end of the chapter this morning, and we're going to look at the beginning of the chapter tonight. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you now for the great day that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here again tonight. Open your word. We pray your spirit, Father, would go ahead of us now and prepare our hearts to receive what you've sent. And Father, if there's anything that stands between us and you, me and, and, and between you as well, Father, forgive us tonight where we failed you, Lord, that we might not be hindered uh, in our service. And I pray that your work would be done for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we skipped through Romans chapter 5, recounting the journey back to God and man's reconciliation with God, where our relationship with God was restored. And what a blessing it was to see several things this morning of what we have and what we get to enjoy through the grace of God. But as we look back in chapter 5 and we look through verses, particularly 1 through 4, we'll look at 5 there toward the end, we begin seeing that there are several other things that come along with grace. Now, uh, Brother Nate took out our grace and sin earlier, so thank the Lord we have no sin in our church. We also have no grace left in our, in our church. He says, you want me to move that so you don't trip? I told him yes, because I know that you'd laugh if I did, uh, and I'm just too prideful for that, okay? So we got him out of here. But the grace of God that we have, it doesn't just stop with salvation. All right. Now, what did we look at this morning in verse 20 and 21? We saw that sin abounded. All right. That word abound means to exceed a set place or a set point. But what did we learn about grace this morning? That grace did much more abound. Now, we often focus in on sin abounding and sin will take you farther than you want to go. We all know that's true because we're all sinners, correct? And we've all lived out the experiences and circumstances of sin in our life. Sin will do that. Sin definitely abounds. But tonight, let's look at grace a little bit. The Bible says that grace, look back if you will to verse, 20, uh, verse number 20. 
The Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now that word abound means to go beyond, and if sin will take you farther than you want to go, aren't you glad the Bible says that grace did much more abound? That means the grace of God doesn't just stop with saving us. The grace of God abounds even more. Now, I don't know about you, but I like a good deal. I mentioned dirt cheap this morning. Uh, I haven't gone in a while. My wife kind of put me on a moratorium. I I was coming home with too much stuff that we were never going to use, but it was a good deal. Uh, Whether I'm going to use it or not, that's irrelevant, all right? If it's a good deal, you need it, amen? Uh, But I haven't been in a while. I mean, I I love going to Dirt Cheap and finding a coffee pot, even though I've already got three of them, uh, finding a coffee pot. One day I came home from Dirt Cheap, I had 17 coffee pots. No joke. Ask my wife. I got them for 25 cents a piece. She says, what are you going to do with them? I says, I don't know, but it was too good of a deal to pass up. Uh, Man, I like that Christmas presents. I don't know. Family members probably got coffee pots for years uh, as gifts from us on Christmas. I like a good deal. Now, Satan would have you think that sin's a good deal. Uh, That pleasure of the sin for the season is worth it, but it's not. But oh, can I tell you tonight, grace is a good deal. Why? Because where sin abounds and leads to death, grace abounds so much the more and leads to life and blessings. See, how do you know that? Well, my Bible tells me so. Romans chapter 5, we're going to look tonight and we're going to see several things that grace brings with it, several gifts that go with grace, and that's the message tonight. We're going to look at four. We're just going to take a few minutes. We're going to teach, preach through this just a little bit, and we're going to see several gifts that come with grace. Notice, if you will, chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we get it? Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. So we see in verse number 1 that word justified. We know what it means, the word justified, just as if I had never sinned. It's a legal standing term. That means the one who is being the judge looks upon us and declares us right. He declares us just. I love that term. Why? Because the Bible says that's what happened to me when I got saved. All right? Didn't mean I hadn't done anything wrong, but someone paid my price. They paid my fine. And in the eyes of the court, I stand just. I stand right. And that's important. Can I tell you why? Because the judge is God. The judge of the world, of all creation, the only judge that matters. Now notice this justification being declared made righteous, it's a legal standing. That's the first gift that comes with grace tonight. It's our standing with Christ. When we receive that free gift of grace that we preached about this morning, it doesn't just stop with salvation, it abounds so much the more, and one of the things it abounds with is our standing with Christ. Ephesians 2.8, we quoted it a lot today, but think about this. The Bible says, for by grace are ye saved. By the grace of God, I stand justified in the eyes of God. That means Christ went before the judge, paid my fine, paid what I rightfully owed because of my trespass, and now when the judge of all creation looks down upon my life, I'm justified. I stand innocent. Now that blows my mind, doesn't it you? Well, maybe you're not a bad person as I was, but, you know, that blows my mind that a righteous God could look down upon me and I be right before him. I think probably many of us, if not most of us, have gotten speeding tickets in our life. Oh, man, I tell you, I have never, ever been given the opportunity by a policeman to get off. 
I hear all you people saying, well, you know, I talked to him and he gave me a warning. What is that? How do you get one of those? You know, I know you ladies, you have the puppy dog eyes and then you play the damsel in distress. Well, I do declare, I, I did not know that it was 75. I, I'm sorry, I was going 95. But I don't know how us men get out of it. And I've gotten a few in my life and I've had to pay a few in my life. Being justified means you go before the court and as you are pronounced guilty and owing that fine, that some stranger steps up from the back and willingly pays the fine for you. That can legally be done. And you walk out of the court innocent and declared just in the eyes of the judge. Now here's what's amazing. It doesn't mean you haven't done wrong, but it means in the eyes of the judge you are now innocent and can go free. Oh, can I tell you, I know that I had done wrong. I was a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I knew that I had, and yet Jesus steps up and pays my price. And when I receive that free gift of grace, along with that gift of grace comes a right standing with God. I now stand justified. Acts 13, 38, the Bible says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. All of the works and going through all of the rituals and all of the religion could not bring me into a right standing with God. But Jesus Christ paid my price, what I rightfully owed, because I had trespassed against the holy law of a holy God. And Christ paid my price and now God looks down on me and oh I don't understand it but when he looks down upon me he sees me justified can you imagine that I know the thoughts that go through my mind I know the failures and shortcomings of my life and boy I'm thinking boy God must look down and be so mad and so angry at such a sorry servant that I am you know the Bible says that when God looks down upon me I stand justified. You see, it's through the blood. It's kind of like that lens. It's not rose-colored glasses. It's blood-covered redemption. And when he looks through that, he sees me justified. Charles Spurgeon said this, a long quote, but I want you to listen to it. I felt it was meaty enough to put in the notes tonight. What riches of grace does free forgiveness exhibit? To forgive it all, to forgive fully, to forgive freely, to forgive forever. Here is a constellation of wonders. And when I think of how great my sins were, how dear were the precious drops which cleansed me from them. I am in amazement of wonder, worshiping affection. I bow before the throne which absolves me. I clasp the cross which delivers me. I serve henceforth the incarnate God through whom I am this day a pardoned soul. You have been given a pardon from Almighty God. That means no matter how many times Satan reminds you of your sin. And boy, doesn't he love to do that. He has a great memory. Uh, unlike my phone and computer at times, they run out of memory. I don't think Satan's ever going to run out of memory. Why? Because he always reminds me of my sin. But as a child of God, the Word of God serves just as good as a handwritten pardon from Almighty God. You just wave that in his face. That because of the grace of God, I stand justified. I stand as a pardoned sinner saved by grace. I get that. I get that. Hey, you're talking about a bonus gift? You ever have one of those things, well, if you buy this, you'll get a bonus gift, and the bonus gift is not even worth those prizes they put in cereal boxes. That wasn't much of a bonus, you know? 
But boy, when grace abounds, it's not just salvation. Grace just keeps bouncing and bouncing, and one of the things we get is a right standing with God. There's one thing we find in Romans 5. You ought to read it when you get home. What a wonderful chapter. Grace leaves us far better than it found us. Why? Because grace did much more abound. When my sin, oh, little Liam, we did not practice that, did we? We did not practice this morning, man, but it went so well. Uh, my wife said it. My dad said it after church. I said, did you practice that? I said, no, we just kind of did it on the fly. Had Brother Micah go and get him out of Children's Chapel. And comes down here. And when we put Grace there beside him, and Grace was eight feet tall, and he just looks up at it. That's the way grace is. It abounds so much the more. Yes, our sin may look big, but oh, our grace supersedes it all, and my sin sits in the shadow of the grace of God, and I now have a right standing with him. Grace left me better than it found me, that's for sure. Heard a story once of a lady who wanted a famous artist to come do a self-portrait of her. And so she hired him to come in, and she sat down and began painting and all this. He says, look, she says, would you do me a favor? He says, sure, whatever you want, you're paying for it. She says, could you paint me with some diamond earrings, a diamond necklace? And I'm talking about making big diamonds, rubies, and crusted and all of that. He goes, well, but you're not wearing them. She says, no, but I, I want you, when you paint me, paint all of that on there. He says, I'll be glad to do that, but could you tell me why you want me to paint all of that gaudy jewelry on you? She says, well, if one day when my husband dies and remarries, it's going to drive the other woman nuts looking for the jewels. <laughs> kind of makes you think, don't it? We need to hire an artist. Brother Richard, I'm going to get you to do a portrait of me. And instead of jewels, I'm going to have hair. Amen? Maybe a mullet. I don't know. He says, I think I can do that. She goes, no, no, no. She says, you can make me look better than I could ever make myself look. She says, so you get on there and you paint it up. That's what grace does. Grace makes us look better than we could ever make ourselves look. When God looks down, he sees me justified. I have a right standing with him. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. Here's the apostle Paul. Oh, my goodness. Listen to the humility. Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul sees himself as Paul sees himself. I persecuted. I imagine Paul remembered the time that Stephen was having his brains beat out and executed right in front of him. He says, I, I'm not worthy to be an apostle. But wait a minute, what did he go on to say? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul says, I, I see myself as this guy who stood there when Stephen was dying Paul says, I see myself, the guy who put people in prison, was so eager to throw those Christians in jail. He says, and yet when God looks down upon me, he sees an apostle, one who persecuted the gospel, now preaches the gospel. You say, man, how did you get to that good of a standing? Well, he said it, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I know how I feel sometimes, but I'm thankful. It's not how I feel. It's what God sees and God says in verse 1, therefore being justified, I have a right standing with Christ. Those are the gifts that come along with grace. Let's see how far grace continues to abound, okay? The Bible says, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace. Peace. We have peace. Now, where does peace come from? This is really easy. You ready? This is really easy. Peace comes from knowing that you're justified. 
Watch verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, that means I have a right standing with God. We have peace. You see, when you know that you're going to heaven, and when you have that nailed down that you're justified, oh, suddenly you have peace. Why? Because you have the second thing that comes along with grace. Number two, notice our certainty in Christ. Our certainty in Christ. Did a neat word search. I love words, and I love studying words. Even though I didn't like English. No offense, Miss Pam. I just didn't like English growing up. I did a word study this afternoon, a word search, and you'll find that 78 times in Scripture, the word peace follows the word grace. Over half the times the word grace is mentioned, you'll find not long after the word grace is mentioned, the word peace will follow. Now, why does that work? Well, when we receive the grace of God, watch, we become justified. Knowing that I have a right standing with God, knowing that I'm right with God, not hoping I'm right with God, but knowing I'm right with God. And when I know I'm right with God, guess what the fruit that comes from that is? It's called certainty. I have certainty tonight in Christ. Why? Because of the grace of God. Ephesians 2.8, what does it say? For by grace are ye. That's certainty. Not for by grace, I hope you make it. Not for by grace, if you do something good and you give a little bit to the poor, you're going to make it. No, for by grace are you saved. That means, hey, I have certainty as that abounding grace in my life when I trusted Christ as my Savior. Isn't it good to have certainty? Oh, can I tell you, if you could sell it, if you could sell it, you'd be a millionaire in 2022. Why? Because people are looking for it. They're looking for something solid because everything has fallen away. The certainty they had in their government, the certainty that they had in their 401k, the certainty that they had in their job and their friends and their family, it's all gone. But oh, the certainty we have in Christ. And what does it bring? The Bible says that we're being justified by faith. We have peace. Peace is the byproduct of the certainty we have through grace. One of my favorite verses that I remind Satan of often. You know what makes him mad? You ever want to make the devil mad? I do. He makes me mad all the time, so I try to make him mad. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, quote this one for him. The Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. The Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Can I tell you what that verse is? That's certainty. Sin shall not. Sin shall not. All right? Wouldn't, listen, don't. Don't you kids hate it when somebody tells you you can't do what you want to do? Can we just be honest? All right. You don't grow out of that. <laughs> you still do it as adults. I hate being told what to do. My wife today, she's telling me, hey, I need you to pick out some clothes for this and pick out some clothes for that. I'm like, good grief. I thought when I got married, uh, people quit telling me what to do. My mom just passed me off to my wife. Now she tells me what to do. Hey, can I tell you what we get to do? We get to tell Satan something. Because of the grace of God, and grace abounds beyond salvation, it abounds even more than sin. The Bible says, I have certainty in Christ that sin shall not have dominion over me. Why? Because I'm not under the law of sin. I'm under grace. I'm standing in the shadow of the grace of God. And the Bible says, sin doesn't have dominion over me. Oh, he tries. He tries. You know, Satan is very good at saber rattling. You know, trying to scare you. Trying to make you think. Heard the story of a zookeeper several years ago, and this zookeeper, I think it was at the Central Park Zoo, went in. And I don't know if it was a lion or a tiger. I can't remember what it was, but it was a large cat. And uh, the zookeeper just walked right in there and threw the meat on the ground. One of the men on the outside of the cage says, wow, I got to tell you, uh, you don't see heroes every day, but you're one of my heroes. 
He says, why? Because you just walked into that cat cage with, with, with no armor, not, no sword, no gun, and you just walked in there like nobody's business. He says, you're the bravest man I've ever met. He says, no, sir, I'm not brave. He said, that cat's old, and he has no teeth. <laughs> so he wasn't worried about him. You see, he walked in there with certainty. Why? Because he knew that cat had no dominion over him. That's the life you ought to live as a Christian. You ought to go out of here tonight. Look, you ought to go out of here tonight not scared to give somebody a gospel track. Not scared to knock on a door. You ought to go out there, not be afraid to pray over your chicken nuggets when you leave here. Amen? And I'm talking about a real prayer now. All right? Not that thing where you kind of just rubbing your eyes and, and Lord bless us with me. Amen? No, I'm talking about a real prayer. Put the hands together. Hey, let's show the world we believe what we believe. Lord, bless this processed chicken, whatever I'm about to put in my mouth, that it won't kill me or give me cancer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, don't worry about embarrassing yourself. Why? You got certainty. And that certainty comes from grace because grace abounds so much the more. Boy, I tell you, I don't think you've read your benefits package. You know, you got hired. You got hired, you know, and you're just so glad to get the job. You didn't go back to look at all the benefits that come with it. We have this manual here. This is a Christian benefits package. It shows you all that comes with grace. You know what one of those things are? It's certainty that we have in Christ. Several years ago, we had a Honda Accord, and uh, it wasn't running. It didn't run. I don't know. Was it 18 months, two years? It didn't run for a while, and we started getting busy at our church in Louisiana, so we said, we're going to get this other car fixed. We have more than one car, and and so uh, I started working on it. YouTube mechanic, Brother Monroe. The Lord kept our car together. I mean, I was mechanicing on my own car based on some guy I never met that I watched on YouTube. You know God was good. Was, he had an angel assigned to our car the entire time, just holding it together. I'm going to meet him one day and thank him for taking care of our family the way that he did. But got the car running, and I'm going up and down the road probably three or four days after I got it running. I just wanted to make sure it was still going to run good. I didn't realize in Louisiana they still have inspection stickers. Man, that car set up for about two years. I'm buzzing up and down the road, and I crossed the railroad tracks at Millhaven there, right off of I-20, heading toward our house. And sure enough, top of the hill, state trooper, you know, I'm not going to say the devil sent him there, but I'm not sure if he was led of the Lord to pull me over. I don't know if he could say that either. He pulls me over. I noticed the color of your inspection sticker. I'm like, how did you notice? There's so much of that mossy stuff growing on my windshield. How did you even see that? He says, I think you're a little expired. I said, yeah, a little bit. He says, what do you mean? I said, you might as well look at it. He went and looked at it. and We're talking about days. We're talking about months, years. It's been out for a while. He says, you know, we charge you by the month. I made $300 a week working for the garbage company. I'm thinking, I'm fixing to have to take a mortgage out to pay a ticket for an inspection sticker. Well, I've never got a, a ticket fixed in my life. I, I never had those kind of friends, you know. If you got one, cherish them, because I never had those growing up and my entire time of driving. But I remember that I had elk hunted with a guy who was a lawyer. And he says, one day we're out in, in Colorado hunting. He said, if you ever need something, you ever need a speeding ticket fixed, call me. And I'll look. We're talking about mega money here. Two years expired. And, and so I, I gave Mr. Will a call. I'm not going to call his last name because I don't want you to give him a call, okay? He's my guy. You get your own. <laughs> I called Mr. Will, and I said, hey, look, look, I, I feel horrible saying this, but this is going to cost me about two paychecks, you know, to pay for this ticket. He said, what is it? I said, Spencer, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And I was like, all right, we'll see if this works, you know. I went by his office, dropped off the ticket, and, man, every day, 
going up down the road, you know, just worrying, worrying, worrying about that. Afraid to go to McDonald's, getting some of them chicken nuggets, because I think we're going to save every bit of money we got to pay for this ticket. And Man, I just worried, 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 worried. And then one day, I get this phone call from, from Mr. Will. He said, I just want you to know the ticket's taken care of. You're not going to have to pay it. Don't worry. Everything's good. I told my wife, let's go to McDonald's, you know. No, I didn't. All of a sudden, I had peace. Wasn't worried anymore. I had certainty that it had been taken care of. You have certainty tonight. The Bible says you're justified, and because you're justified, now you have peace. You have certainty. Why? Because of what Jesus did for you. Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we are, we are justified. I've been ju- it's not a process. I've been justified. And oh, what a privilege it is to know that I have a right standing with God and that I have certainty in Christ. You say, well, what do you do about doubt? Oh, I have doubt sometimes, but can I tell you what you ought to remember? Remember the last part there in verse number 20 where the Bible says that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound? When the devil reminds you about your sins that abounded, just remind him of the grace that abounded so much the more that we have certainty because of what Christ did. So number two, the second thing that comes along with grace is our certainty in Christ. Now, let's keep reading. Verse number two, the Bible says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I want you to focus in, if you would, on that last part of verse number two. It says, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, here's what's interesting. Paul is now looking beyond where he stands into where he's headed. He's looking forward in hope of the glory of God. Now, here's what's interesting. It's the grace of God. What did he say? By the grace of God, I am what I am. It's the grace of God that's brought him thus far, and now it appears he plans on riding the grace of God all the way to glory. He says, I'm looking forward, and that grace has abounded not only with security and a right standing with Christ. This is number three. Notice our security through Christ. He's looking forward with security. He says, the grace of God is not going to run out. Aren't you glad? Ever run out of gas? Man, that's embarrassing. That just shows you how prideful we are when we get embarrassed that we run out of gas, okay? Uh, you, ought to, you need to run out of gas every once in a while. It'll keep you humble, I assure you, on that. The Bible says here, Paul's looking forward in the hope of the glory of God. It's not going to run out. He says, hey, the grace of God got me from where I was to where I am, and the grace of God's just going to keep on abounding, Oh, can I tell you, there's no telling what you could do in the will of God for your life. No telling what you could accomplish if you just kept going with grace. I'm going to live in the shadow of the grace of God, and that grace keeps abounding. I keep on abounding. But, oh, we get in trouble. We say, you know what? I I think I can handle it from here. Oh, no, no, no. It's by grace that you got here. It's by grace you're going to keep going. And the moment you think it's about you, oh, that's when you're going to mess up. Because it's by the grace of God we are who we are. By the grace of God. So what do we have? Number three, we have security through Christ. Yesterday, I stood up on the hill there at Bullock Cemetery uh, and preached a funeral for, I hate using the word funeral, the home going for Miss Pauline Anderson. Stood up there on the hill and looked around the cemetery. Boy, we saw graves from the 1800s. Uh, me and uh, Miss Rush and Miss Renee were up there with the family. Uh, and as sad as it was, looking down there, knowing that uh, we're about to, to lay Miss Pauline Anderson to rest, 
Uh, I'm standing there thinking about the times we walked over from Jolly Keens, and she was sitting there. Miss Rushing had brought her over for the lunch and just visiting with her. And times I'd sit there in her, her nursing home room and visited with her. And boy, it's sad thing I'll not get to do that again on this side of heaven. But suddenly that sadness turned, and I knew I'd looked at her little paper from, um, from uh, the Sunshine Ministry that she had trusted Christ in May of 1990. That grace of God, I knew, kept her secure all the way to glory. I know where her hope was at. We stood there around the graveside and we talked about the song, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That hope secures us as we look forward. Can I tell you as a child of God, you ought to learn to look forward. And you ought to learn to look forward with hope and joy and security. Why? Because of the grace of God. It's not going to run out. All right? You're not going to use it all up. You know, if there's something that I like, for instance, I like the black label uh, Coke Zeros. They're hard to find, almost impossible to find, and I'm not going to tell you where my secret stash is. Brother Michael and Brother Micah helped me out, and they helped me secure some of the black label Coke Zeros, not those new watered-down ones that they sell, the black ones. And man, I only break those out for special occasions. I really do. The other day I was in my office. I walked in and I found one of them on my desk. I think my daughter may have, yes, it was you, wasn't it? Found my stash. So I'm thinking, what are you doing? It's not the 4th of July. It's not New Year's. Look, it's not my anniversary. Why did you break out one of those? I mean, after a while, they're all going to be gone. My, and I'm going to lose the taste for it. I'll never remember what the black label Coke Zeros taste like. And so I ration them out. I'm very careful with them. I'm not going to tell you where they're at, okay? I have a booby trap that's there. And you'll get a rat trap on your hand if you reach in there. Can I tell you, the grace of God doesn't run out. You don't have to worry, well, i got to take it easy in my Christian life. I don't want to run out. You're not going to run out because grace just keeps on abounding. And as a child of God, when I live by the grace and live in the grace of God, then I can keep on abounding. How far can we go? Well, I think verse 2 says, in hope of the glory of God. Oh, look, when I received that gift of grace, look, I was just thankful not to go to hell. Amen? I was just thankful I didn't have to go to hell and that I got to go to heaven. But wait a minute, God says that grace keeps on abounding and it gives me security through Christ. I can rest easy as I look forward in my Christian walk. We have a security system at our house. And uh, every night before I go to bed, I go over to the security system and I arm the system. Whenever we try to break in our house, we got one of those Indiana Jones booby traps, you know, alarm systems, razors and blades and spears and big rocks will roll down on you, okay? So don't try to rob my house and find where my black label Coke Zeros are at, okay? I go over there, I press the button, stay, and then I go to bed and I sleep. Why? Because I know my security has been armed and I sleep good. I mean, I know how to sleep. I'm just being straight up with you, all right? I know how to sleep, and I enjoy my sleep. You see, once it's set, I go to bed with security, and I don't worry anymore. Can I tell you what happened when you got saved? Your security system got set, all right? Don't worry, don't doubt, don't fear. Hey, you go on and you have peace in your life because you have security through Christ when you receive that free gift of grace through what Christ did for you. The Bible says, looking forward, rejoicing in the hope of glory. Turn with me, if you will, real quick, to your right. Go to the book of Hebrews. Go to the book of Hebrews. 
Let's look at something together real quick, and, and then I'll give you the last thing. Hebrews chapter 11, we know this well, but I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 11, and starting in verse number 7, I want, I want you to see something. The Bible says in verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. So watch this. Noah is looking forward to something that's not there. But by faith, it's going to be there. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, not, should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. Notice he's looking forward even though he can't see what's ahead. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land. Verse 10, for he looked for a city which hath foundations. Verse 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. All right, the baby wasn't there. She couldn't see it, but by faith she looked forward to it. And you read on and on and on. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. We call this the Hall of Fame of Faith. Oh, I would love one day... Listen, I'd love for my name to be put in something where it recognizes that I had faith. I promise you, that'll mean something more to you than everything else you're saving up to buy that's going to be left behind when you're gone. You want a testimony that you had faith at some point in your life. But you know, faith looks forward. Read all of those heroes. They looked forward. And I think, listen, I think that ought to be the mantra and ought to be the motivation for every Christian that we look forward. Why? Because grace abounds. All right? I don't know what we're going to encounter in the future. I don't know what we're going to go through. But I know grace will abound there. Why? Because grace is sufficient. It's going to abound for whatever I'm going to run into. Therefore, I can look forward with what? Security. So we see number three, we have security through Christ. That's a gift that goes along with grace. Now, finally, let's look at the last one. The Bible says in verse number four, or verse number three, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Here's what's interesting. Paul says it was grace that brought me to where I'm at. By the grace of God, I am what I am. All right? So Paul says, I got here by grace, and now he's looking forward by grace. And it almost seems that he falls back in verse 3, 4, and 5, and he covers things, the unknowns that might stand between here and the glory that he's headed to. This is the final gift that comes along with grace. I want you to notice our stability in Christ. He says in verse 3, he says, we glory in tribulations. Now, it would be easy to have security if you knew there were going to be no tribulations, right? If I told you, look, from here until the day you die or Jesus comes and takes us in the clouds, you're never going to have a bad day. Well, man, it'd be easy to have peace then. It'd be easy just to relax. Oh, okay, man, I'm just going to take it easy and try to do the will of God because I've been promised there's no tribulations, but I'm thankful God put this in here because it's about to show us just how sufficient grace is. Grace provides stability for the believer because as the believer moves forward in the will of God for his life, he's going to encounter tribulations. Jesus said so. In this life, in this world, we're going to have tribulation. But wait a minute, why did he throw this in here? Because he's showing us grace will stabilize us regardless. That gift of grace brought stability in Christ. Now, here's what's interesting. I think about in my walk with God, how many times unfavorable circumstances shook my faith. 
It's easy to have faith in here. I mean, it's 556. You're going to get out of here in a few minutes. Relative. Going to go home, maybe go get you some chicken nuggets, flung a craving on you. You're going to go get you some of those processed nuggets they have there at McDonald's. And boy, you're saying, I'm going to go home. I got all plans of what I'm going to do, and I'm going to relax and have a good evening. And everything is planned with no bumps in the road, right? None of you are thinking about getting in a car wreck. None of you are thinking about getting a phone call if something's wrong. None of you are thinking about something that's going to go wrong. But inevitably, folks, we're going to encounter things that we didn't plan for. And that's what shakes your faith. All right? When times are good, that's not going to shake your faith. But when times are bad, that's when you find out just how valuable your faith is and just how sufficient grace is. Paul says this, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation work is patience, and patience experience and experience hope. You see, here's what Paul's saying. That grace that brought me here and that grace that will abound forward, that grace is good enough even if the road has a few bumps in it. Few potholes. Man, there's a pothole. Ask Brother Nate, the end of our road, it could swallow a Volkswagen. That's why I told my wife she can't go that way when she pulls out of the driveway in her bug. I mean, one day just look up, Miss Leslie's gone. I go look at the pothole. She might be down there. And they put a big old garbage can in it and the can started to disappear, kind of started sinking into the ground. I mean, it is a pothole. There's potholes on the road of the Christian life, there's bumps in the road. There's unexpected turns and twists and curves. Here's what Paul says, that grace that we have. He says, it's good enough that we can glory in tribulations. It's just that sufficient. Now, here's what's interesting. As I read that, I thought, man, that sounds very, very familiar about glorying in tribulations and tribulations work as patience. And I remembered 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. But do you know, that's verse 10, do you know what came in verse 9? Paul says, he said, speaking of Christ, my grace is sufficient for thee. It was grace. It gave him stability. I don't know about you, I need stability. Uh, as the song says, I'm prone to wonder, and Lord, I feel it. Watch the news, see what's going on in our world, and you're just thinking, good night, pothole after pothole after pothole. Is that how it's going to be until the Lord comes back? I can't tell you, but I can tell you grace is sufficient, and grace will give you stability. He says, you know what? Between here and there, I don't know what's going to happen. He says, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation will work patience. It's those potholes that you find out just how sufficient grace is going to be. Church of our size, I was trying to think the other day how many funerals I've preached since I've been here. I have a file on the left side of my desk where I put all of the funeral uh, programs that are there, and it's a massive stack of people that have gone on to be with the Lord just in the three and a half years that I've been here. I want to tell you, we've had tribulations, we've had trials, we've had COVID, we've had all of these things. And yet we look today at how God has continued to bless our church. You know what that's evidence of? Grace. It was sufficient. It was sufficient. That's when you find out. It's tribulations that you find out whether or not the grace is sufficient. You ought to put it to the test. It reminds me of the Titanic. I'll give you this and I'm done. They said the Titanic was unsinkable. The unsinkable ship. Some even said that there was a quote there. I'm not sure if it is or not. That God himself could not even sink the Titanic. 
And you had people who argued about it. Yeah, maybe it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it's the unsinkable ship. There's no way it'll go down and all this. And people argued and people argued and people argued. But can I tell you, after it went down, nobody argued anymore. Because it went down. There was no need to argue. It had been proven. Can I tell you, that's kind of how grace works. You can talk about how sufficient it is, and you can sing about it and brag about it, and wear T-shirts about it, have bumper stickers about it and all that. But where it counts is when you run into those icebergs that you stay afloat and you don't sink. Can I tell you tonight, sin abounds, and oh, sin will take you farther than you want to go. But my Bible tells me that grace did much more abound. And I'd rather live in grace that it might abound unto life and blessing and opportunity to serve God until he returns than live in that shadow of sin that ultimately is going to lead to death. And all those things that come along with grace, what are they? Well, I have a good standing. I have certainty with Christ. I have security in Christ. And I have stability in Christ. You know what I think we ought to do tonight for the invitation time? Just thank God for grace. Just thank God for grace. His goodness that's brought us thus far. His goodness that now when God looks down at you, he doesn't see the low-down sinner that you feel like. He sees someone justified. Justified. And then why don't we decide tonight during the invitation time, we're going to abound with grace. I'm just going to stay with it. Paul says, it got me safe thus far. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm just going to stay with it all the way to the hope of glory. Let's stand together tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All right.